morning to Choose Life and uh, good morning to all of our viewers on all the different platforms. Today is a good day. It's a day to celebrate. It's a day to know that God is absolutely 100% still in control. He is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And I want to pray for you this morning before I start that this will not just be a normal day, but it will be a day of victory, a day of declaration, a day that we can say that our God is a consuming fire. But more than that, our God loves us scandalously. He loves us ridiculously. And we know that God in all things has the upper hand. He is not just our God that has been going through us. And as I said yesterday to somebody, He's not just the God that challenges that that is happening around us. He is the God that's going to lead us through. Is the God that's going to break open a new day. And we will see, as the Bible says in Acts chapter number 3, verse number 21, we're going to see restoration in our homes. We're going to see restoration in our lives. We're going to see restoration in our businesses. We're going to see restoration in our bodies. And there we are this morning watching me from, I want to declare the word of the Lord before I pray, that as I pray that the Spirit of God will come into your homes, that the Spirit of God will come into your bodies, that the Spirit of God will come into your businesses, that everybody will know that there's a God that is with us and His presence makes us different. Different, His presence makes us the different. We are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, and in all things we conquer. And so, Father, this morning we just lift up the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that was and is and is to come. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that in this day we can laugh, Lord, Psalm 2-4, at the plans of the enemy, Lord, and we can know that this day and every other day belongs to our God, our Jesus, the one that's the same. And Father, this morning I thank you, Romans 16-20, Lord, that the God of peace will crush Satan under our feet shortly, and Father, we thank you that we can lift up your name. And I pray as I bring the word of the Lord this morning, Father, that we will be inspired, that we will get hope. Thank you that your word, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, is there to cut through everything. And right now, Father, Micah 3, 12, Lord, you say that you make a way. You are the God that breaks open the door. You are the God that breaks open the wall. You are the God that leads us out in front. And Father, I want to declare this word over us this morning and over everybody that's listening and will listen still and it will view these programs, Father. We thank you that we can declare over their lives victory. We can declare over their lives return. We can declare over their lives restoration. We can declare over their lives, Lord, a sevenfold return of that what the enemy has stolen. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the finisher, you are the author, you are the starter, and you're most definitely going to finish this well. Our confidence is Jesus. Our hope is Jesus. Our love is Jesus. Our passion is Jesus. And because we're in love with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we are absolutely in love of people. And I pray this morning, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done as it is in heaven. Let it be so on earth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And so there we are. I want you just to if you take, can take, uh, as Pastor Andre said a little bit earlier, make sure to get somebody in on this stream this morning because this word will change their lives. I believe that this is a now word for you. I believe that God doesn't just want to 
change things. He wants to shift things permanently. I'm going to go to the well-known Psalm, Psalm number 23. I'm going to read for you. And then I like to just go into the scripture and explain it as we go. So Psalm 23, verse number 4, reads as follows. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I love the scripture. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You know, and before I go into the scripture, I just want to say I honor deeply my friend, Pastor John Raper and, and Mandri and the house of Choose Life. This will be a house of revival. This will be a house that's going to carry extreme power. You're going to be a lighthouse to the nation of South Africa and the nations of the world. And as I stand here, as I read the scripture, I just felt again to say that I have such an inclination in my heart that God's going to use this body of Christ to be a lighthouse to the nations of the world. There's bigger plans, there's bigger purposes. And I just want to say, I honor Pastor John deeply. I honor Mandri deeply. They're very deep friends of ours. And just want to honor them. But as we go into the word, the Bible says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head of oil, my cup runs over. I want you to, to notice something. The Bible says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the valley is something that's temporary. Valley is not a place that is permanent. Valley is not a place that we get stagnated in. A valley is not a place that we stay and camp in. A valley is something that's temporary. It's going to come and it's going to go. And I can say to you this morning with confidence that this season, Ecclesiastic 3.1, all the seasons belongs to our God. The Bible says the enemy attacks in a day, Ephesians 6, but there's a season that belongs to our God. And even though the enemy might think he has the upper hand, he does not. For all things work together for those that love the Lord, Romans 8.28. And I want to show, share with you just this, that the Bible says, you anoint my head with oil. I want to just share one or two things out of this that's very important. In New Testament times, what a shepherd would have done, he would have taken oil that would have been in his belt. And he would walk out in, in, in front of his sheep. And as he walks out in front, he starts to throw these these oils into the adder's holes. And so wherever he walks, you throw the oil in and it will, it will be literally in all the adder's holes. And then what he'll do, he'll start to lead his sheep through the adder's holes or through the snake holes. But now here's what I want you to understand. The Bible says he anoints your head with oil. He anoints your head with oil. And then your cup runs over. What does this mean? Let me just read it again. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort you. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head of oil, my cup runs over. So what happens is as this oil is in these other holes or in the snake holes, the skins, the snake of a skin is, is the DNA. I always like to say it like that. The DNA of the skin of the snake then starts to work against the snake because it's oil and a, and a DNA, the, the skin type of a snake are, are soft and slippery. And so what happens is 
that as the sheep starts to walk through the pasture with the shepherd in front, this is very powerful with the shepherd in front, the snakes cannot get to the sheep. In other words, they can watch the sheep, but they cannot touch the sheep. And that's our conference that I want you to get this morning, that you, they can watch, but they cannot touch. Oh, come on. They can watch, but they cannot touch. And what's more, what happened over time was that the snakes got educated that those that carried the anointing, those that carried the oil, or those that were robbed and smeared of oil, it's interesting that the word anointing means to be smeared, to be robbed, to be consecrated by oil for a specific purpose. Now, our shepherd Jesus, what he's done, as the Bible here says through the psalmist David, he said, he anoints my head with oil. And then the Bible says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, what's awesome about this is as, as the sheep are busy eating, now the snakes are all around them, but the snakes can only watch, but the snakes can no longer touch by two reasons. Because the shepherd is there, and secondly, because the anointing is present. Now, may I be as bold as to declare, declare this over your life, that in the presence of your enemies, your cup shall overflow. In the presence of havoc, in the presence of COVID, in the presence of fear, we have one that's stronger than all of it. His name is Jesus Christ. He conquers us by love. He conquers us by fire. He conquers us by a fervency because He is in love of us. We are the ones that Jesus loves. We are the ones that He has stepped out of the heavens to regain, reconcile back to the Father. And now that we are the anointed ones carrying the Spirit of God inside of us, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18, 1 Corinthians 16, 18 to 19. Now that we carry the anointing, we have nothing to fear. For the valley is only there for a moment. As the Bible says that mercy comes afresh in the morning. Listen, I know there's people that have gone through tremendous seasons of times, you know, in the last 14 months, I've lost my mom, I've lost my dad, I've lost my best friend, I've led the church through the season. But I can tell you there's one thing that's always the same, and that's God's persistent, constant pursuit of you and I. We are the ones that He loves, and He is so in love of us. The Bible says that even in the presence of my enemies, He makes my cup overflow. In other words, wherever I am, he is. I want, you to, I want you to understand this, and maybe you can say this out loud. There we are seated. I want you to understand that the confidence of the sheep lies in the presence of the shepherd. The confidence of the sheep lies in the presence of the shepherd. Why, Why is this so? Because as the sheep are busy get, uh, grazing, now they eat, they graze. And a, and a sheep by itself, they are not powerful at all. Now these cute fluffy <laughs> little things they don't have power and so what sheep will do as they're busy grazing they will just look up and they'll look for their shepherd and their confidence is in the proximity of the shepherd as long as the shepherd are near they have nothing to fear in other words the sheep will eat they'll they'll know that there's enemies all around them then they will just look up see their shepherd and their confidence lies in the shepherd your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod is there for the enemy. The staff is there for us. And I love this about Jesus, that, that He has all power, 
all, he has got every ability. However, the Bible says that he, his rod is not meant for us, even though he does discipline Hebrews 5. We know this to be true. But in the presence of your enemies, he makes your cup overflow. Listen, what the shepherd would have done, he would have broken a fruit. And as he would have broken this fruit, what he would have done is he, he would take a bite out of this apple or, or this fruit and then he would put it in the air and he'll make his sheep smell the fruit. And then he'll start to literally, he'll start to walk off. And as he walks off, what happens is that the sheep catch the smell of the goodness of the fruit. And that's why the Bible says so clearly that his goodness and his mercy shall follow me all the, day, all the days of my life as I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, we have absolutely nothing to fear because faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of the Lord. Now listen, sheep don't have very good eyes at all. They've got very good ears. Let me say that again. Sheep don't have very good eyes, but they've got very good ears. And I almost want to say, you know, sometimes I can just throw this in. We don't listen as well as when we should. Because faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of the Lord. So we don't live by sight. We live by faith. In who? In Jesus. Let me ask you this question. Let me pop this out to you this morning. There comes a man to Jesus. He's blind from birth, John chapter number 9, born in the pool of Siloam. Um, and under Deuteronomy chapter number 28, the Bible says that whenever you were blind, that you would, would be deemed to be cursed. Now, this blind man comes to Jesus and for his whole life, he has only heard the sound of people spitting at him, people ridiculing him, people standing against him. And now they bring him right up to Jesus and the first sound that he hears is the same sound that he's heard his whole life and it's the sound of somebody that's getting ready to spit on him. So the Bible says Jesus spits on the ground, he makes clay, he puts it on the man's eyes and he says, I want you to go and wash at the pool of Siloam. Question, how does the man know where the pool of Siloam is, or how does it look like if he's never been there before? The man is blind, blind by whatever means, but how does he ever, how does he even know how the pool of Siloam, think about it, how does he even know how the pool of Siloam looks like? He's, not, he's never been there. Think about it, guys, just for a moment. That here he goes, and it's like, you know, spit, drop literally dripping from his eyes and people could have asked him listen what has happened to you and he could say listen I've just had an encounter of Jesus and like Jesus did Jesus spit on you yeah what did he tell you to do he told me to go and wash where the pool of silly home and the blind man could have said listen I don't have even a clue how does how does the pool of silly home look like but the Bible says he went he walked on the word of the Lord you don't live by faith only you live, you don't live by sight, you live by faith. So the Bible says the blind man goes and he washes. And here's the awesome thing about for me that the first person he sees, listen to me, the first person he sees in that 
in that river or in that, at that pool, the first person he sees is himself. He sees his own reflection. Why does he see himself first? Because Jesus wants you to know that it doesn't matter what you go through in life, but once you've had an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, He's going to restore you as if it never happened. And the first person that He's going to introduce you to is you. And that's why we have nothing to fear, for we have a God that is on our side. We have heaven that is backing us. We have the saints of old applauding us, encouraging us on. I tell you the truth, we have nothing to fear, for we have a God that did not leave heaven empty, but sent His Son to reconcile us back. So how can the Bible say in Romans 8, verse number 38, 9 onwards, the Bible says, not principality, not power, not how, not great, nothing can separate us from this awesome love. It's called the love of God. It's called the love of Jesus. Again, I say, listen, my sheep hear my voice and they, they follow me. We Faith don't come by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of God. And I, I want you to understand something. We have a choice to make. We have a choice which voice to listen to. Adam and Eve, they find themselves in a garden of Eden, perfect environment, perfect scenario. But yet Eve listens to the snake. The Bible says, and God comes and He looks for His friend. And God asks this question. The, the Lord asks this question. He says, Adam, where are you? And Adam says these three things to him. He says, Lord, we are naked we are afraid and we've hid ourselves. Naked, afraid, hid ourselves. I want you to know being afraid is a condition of not understanding that you are loved. Because the Bible says perfect love drives out fear. So the places that we still fear is the places that we are not convinced that we are the ones that Jesus loves. I may remind us all this morning again in Mark 16, 15, the Bible says, Mark, Matthew 28, 19, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then the Bible says, raise the dead, cast out devils, heal the sick. Mark 16, 15 says these words. He says, and these signs shall follow those that believe. They will drink deadly things and they will not be touched. They will go through different scenarios and I... I don't want to major there. But the Bible says we have the power. We have the authority. We have the power to cast out sickness. We have the power to say to a virus, listen, this temple is holy. It belongs to Jesus. It is not negotiable. Get out. Listen, I've been praying for many people during this COVID season. I can tell you I've been in ICU wards. I've seen people turn around. I've seen people make it that I, nobody else thought would make it. I have seen Jesus still be the healer. Jesus still be the same. I tell you, He heals today the same as in and before. And we, the Christians, cannot be afraid because... The Bible says, as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. There is no fear in heaven. There should be no fear in us. There is no fear where God is. There should be no fear in us. We should not be afraid because we are called the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We are conquerors and more than conquerors. Come on, Jesus will not call you a conqueror, Romans 8.37, unless there's been something to conquer. And as I've said, listen, we have a choice to make right now. Oh, come on. We have a choice to make right now. What voice will we listen to? Because God says to Adam, Adam says, Lord, we are, we are naked, we are afraid, we hid ourselves. And God says to him these words. He says, who 
told you. In other words, whose voice did you listen to? Who did you listen to? Who, who told you you were naked, afraid? Who told you this stuff? Who told you you're naked? Who said to you you have a deficit? Who's, who introduced you to the concept of fear? In other words, why, why have you switched kingdoms? Oh, come on, choose life. Why have you switched kingdoms from a place of having no fear to a place of having fear? Why have you allowed another voice to come? I want you to understand, Satan has another voice for us. He has one thing in heart, John 10, 10, and that's to kill, steal, and destroy. And we have a, we have a decision to make what voice to listen to. Oh, you see, the voice we listen to will determine the outcome of my actions. And I can testify this morning, listen, in, in 4 January 2020, I stood next to my mom's bed as she, as she went into glory. And I was praying for, we contested for her for a month and we saw the Lord doing signs, wonders and miracles. God brought her back from the dead. She recovered. We had, a, we had about three weeks of her. And then she had a, another superbug. And long story short, I stood next to her bed. And as I was standing next to her bed, the enemy whispered this to my, into my ears. He said, do you still believe that Jesus heals? I said, absolutely. Seven months later, I stood next to my dad's bed. And he passed, as he was busy passing into glory. The enemy came again, asked me the same question. Do you still believe that Jesus heals? And then he added something on. He said, how long will you believe? And then a couple of weeks later, a couple of months later, I lost my best friend. Same question. And here's my answer. We will believe that Jesus heals, not just today, but every day. Not because I see it, but because I believe that He heals consistently. He might not heal right now, but He is healing someday. He might not raise everybody, but He will raise everybody. And so because my eyes don't see it, doesn't mean my faith changes. Come on. We are warriors. We are conquerors. We are the ones that the enemy should fear. We are the ones that when we wake in the morning, Satan should say, oh my dear Jesus, these people are awake again. Do you know that your confidence in Jesus makes Satan terrified? The Bible says in Philippians chapter number 1, verse number 28, I can actually go there. I just want to read this for you. This is so powerful. Philippians chapter number 1, verse number 28. I hope that day where you are, you are shouting or doing something that your neighbor takes note. He, uh, Philippians chapter number 1, verse number 28 says this, And not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to, th which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that's from God. Let me say it again. And not in any way terrified by your adversaries, not in any way, not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that's from God. What does Philippians 1 28. What does the scripture mean? It's very, very simple. This is what it means. Whenever you don't fear and you have any and every reason to fear, 
Satan and all of his hordes asked the question, why are these people not afraid? Why are they not afraid? And then the Bible says, it becomes, verse 28, which is to them a proof of perdition, Philippians 1, 28, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, that is from God. So what does this mean? It means the following. Every time you don't fear, the enemy gets confused and he gets afraid. Because it's getting proof for them of their perdition. What is perdition? Judgment. They know they're on God's clock. And so every time you show no fear, they're getting freaked out. They're like, why are these people not afraid? They should be afraid, but they're not afraid. And so in the ranks of Satan, he's like, but why are these people not scared? They should be scared. They should be afraid, but they're not afraid. Should, and then the question comes, should we be afraid? Because they're not afraid. And the answer should be, yeah. We have nothing to fear. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then it goes into the enemy's company. It's like, listen, I think our plan might not be working here. We threw everything at these people and they don't back off. We threw trepidation at them. We threw persecution at them. We've taken loved ones from them. We have done many things to them. They've taken finances, whatever. But still they praise Him. Why? And then they get afraid because they know that there's a power living inside of us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of us. And then they get afraid and they're like, these people are not afraid. So we are most definitely going to be or need to be afraid. Listen, Christians. Listen to me this morning, fellow brothers and sisters. It's, it's so, so important. The only time sheep were ever driven. This is, this is key for me that you get it this morning. The only time that sheep were ever, ever driven was when they were driven to the slaughterhouse. Fact. We are not a driven people. We are a led people. We are led by the spirit of peace. We are led, the Bible says, Colossians 3.15. It's a spirit of peace that leads us. The prince of peace that leads us. Oh, come on. We are not driven by fear. We are ruled by peace. And I know, and you know, I, I've heard some stories through this season. I've, I've been in situations, I can't even tell you where I've been and what I've been doing. But we, we have had every reason to show fear. Have we been lonely? Absolutely. Have we been betrayed? Absolutely. Have you been hurt at times? Absolutely. Have we understand things? No. There's many times that you don't understand things, but we don't need to understand everything because the Bible doesn't say we need to trust, understand anything. The Bible says, trust the Lord of all of your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways and He shall direct our paths. I don't need to worry what about tomorrow because Jesus said, what about today? Jesus said, listen, you're more worth than the sparrows, man. He said, listen, I've counted every hair on your head, and I've, I've got a lot of hair. He says, listen, I've counted everyone. You've got nothing to fear. And I want to encourage you this morning. I understand COVID has, COVID has been bad. This has been 18 months of ridiculous season. But I believe God is setting us up for restoration. I believe we're going to see revival. We're going to see restoration. And, and the Bible says 100%, Hebrews 11, 1 to 3, if you go and study that, the Bible says we can obtain another report. Listen, the Bible says we have not received the spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and a sound mind. Love, power, sound mind. Love, power, sound mind. 
because Satan comes for the mind because whatever comes to your heart, your mind first, if it comes to your mind and it stays in your mind long enough, what will happen is very, very simple. It's from your mind, it goes to your heart. From your heart, it goes to your mouth. From your mouth, it will go to your feet. In other words, the way you think of is the way you're going to live. As a man thinks, so is he. But first it will be the way you think. Then it's going to be the way you reason in your heart. Then you're going to talk like somebody that's been defeated. And then you're going to walk like somebody that's been defeated. May I remind every single one of us in every hard season that the church has ever gone through, we have come up on top. Because He is the head, we are the body. And the last time I checked, as long as the, the head is above the, body, uh, above the water, the body cannot drown. Can I say that again? He's the soon coming king. He's going to split the heavens. Our mom, my mom, my grandmom, my every day going to pop out of that grave with all of your loved ones and we're going to see the Lord. Can you imagine? And on that day, the Bible says Jesus will just ask one question, will I find faith? And I want to say, yes, Lord. I want to be fully convinced that our God is able. I'm not going to be led by fear. I, will, I refuse to be led by fear. I refuse because I've made up my mind. I have made up my mind. And you can say, Pastor, but ah, you know, COVID. I, I say to you, listen, I've had COVID three times. Three times. It's not been lacquer. But three times, I'm still fine. I'm still here. Still passionate. You can say, but what about people that we've lost? We've lost people. We've lost many people. But victory will never belong to the devil. Victory belongs to Jesus. Full stop. There's no commas. We will not negotiate the terms. And lastly, I want to say this to you. Jesus, the Father, uses His power because He loves us. If I, I have three beautiful daughters, my kids, my kids, if my child will fall into the water, the reason why I'll use my power or my strength, the reason why I'll throw everything I have into the water is because my power is driven by my love for my child. And every one of my children sound different. Every one of them. Not one of them sound the same. And I know all three of my children well, and all of them have a, have a certain way of asking or screaming or shouting for help, and then it gets me to action. And I want you to know that this morning that my kids, when they call me, they don't call me on my title. They don't say, hey, pastor, or hey, CEO, or hey, you know, you know the guy that did this or the guy that did that. They don't call me on, on anything. They, they just need one word, dad. That's it. That and the way that they say that is enough to make me convinced that I need to move. Now, I'm an earthly dad with earthly limitations. How much more should we not be convinced that we serve a father that with billions of people on the planet and all of us, our vocal cords are not one the same. We are absolutely unique the way we sound. And so whenever you sound or whenever you shout, Dad, are we not convinced how much He is in love with us? When we say, Dad, He shows up. 
But Christians say, no, but we don't know if God answers prayer. Listen, there's not one scripture in the Bible where Jesus tells you how to not deal with unanswered prayer. Every time He tells you, I'll answer you. He's a father that's in love. If you don't believe me, well, I'm sorry, but you can do nothing about it. You can walk out on Him, He's going to find you. You can turn your back on Him, He's going to come and get you. You can say, I had enough, He'll come and look for you over and over again. He leaves the 99, He comes for the one. Listen, He is, He calls you a conqueror. And I'll finish with two thoughts. He'll, he calls you a conqueror, more than a conqueror. Word more than a conqueror, here's the Greek word, hooper nikos, and it simply means this. Hooper means above, beyond power. Nikos means fight. There will always be a battle. But a battle does not belong to us. It belongs to the God that is in love of us. So as you watch me there this morning, you, you need to tell people because I'm going to pray a prayer. And what I'm going to do this morning is I'm not just going to pray. I'm going to bind a spirit of fear and I'm going to release a spirit of love. Romans 5.5. 5. Because as I'm emerged in His love, there's no room for fear. No room for it whatsoever. Listen, as I said, perfect love drives out fear. 1 John 4, 8. And we are not conquered. We are conquerors. Can I say that again? We are not conquered. We are conquerors. Not conquered. And so, maybe a, a last, last thought here. Is that the Bible says, in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. What does that mean? It means this. He makes your enemies watch you. Then he starts to pour the cup. The Bible says, God makes it overflow. Why? He has no source issues. He is the source. And he makes it overflow. And as he makes it overflow, Scripture says very, very simply, very simply, very simply, that as he makes it overflow, that the enemies are still present. But now they're seeing you being blessed. It sounds like Ephesians 3.20, does it not? Exceedingly, abundantly, above. More than what we can ask or think or imagine. Listen, I want to say this to you this morning, precious believers. Listen to me this morning. We're going to come back stronger. We're going to come back more victorious. And we need to save as many people now as what we can. We need to take souls with us. We need to be on a mission. We need to stand up and let our voices be heard. We need to be in love with the King of Kings. And we need to be in love with His mission. That's people. And so there we are this morning. I want you to raise your hands and I want to pray for you. I'm going to speak of your house that there will not be one feeble amongst you, not one sick. I want to come against the spirit of fear, come against the spirit of sickness, come against the spirit of infirmity. They have no legal place in our lives. They don't belong in our lives. They shouldn't be in our lives. We have a right to be healed. It is a divine right. It is a divine contract. It is a divine covenant agreement to be healed and to be whole. And so there we are this morning. I want you to lift your hands. 
just want you to lift your hands and I want you to come in agreement. If, you, if you're praying for somebody very specifically this morning, this morning, let's send the word of the Lord. God can touch people everywhere. If you have a sickler one lying somewhere, if you have somebody that's been, um, just had a bad experience through all of this looting, whatever the case is, God can change it in the presence of our enemies. So there we are. Won't you, won't you just lift your hands and I want to pray and I want to trust the Lord with you. Father, in this morning, in the name of Jesus, my, my Father, our confidence is in you. We trust you of all of our hearts. We lean not unto our own understanding. Father, I pray specifically this morning for every single person. Lord, we bind the spirit of sickness. We bind the spirit of infirmity. We bind the spirit of fear. We bind the spirit of timidity. We come against the voices that wants to introduce us to another future that does not belong to us. And Father, in this day, in the name of Jesus Christ, we remind the devil that you are convicted and evicted in the name higher than any other names. We bind your abilities. We bind your efforts. We bind whatever you want to do in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, right now I speak peace to your people. I speak restoration to your people. I speak to your people right now in this moment that restoration shall be your portion. Your, your latter days shall be much, much, much better than your former days. Your end will be much greater than your beginning. In all of your ways you shall prosper because you are the head and not the tail. Father, right now in this morning, we give Satan eviction notice out of bodies, out of businesses, out of families, out of children. We claim back families this morning. We claim back our children this morning. We claim back our finances this morning. We claim back our health this morning. We claim back our healing this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. And we say to your devil, it's time for you to get going. It's time for you to leave. It's time for you to understand that you are evicted in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray there were people are watching me from this morning. Lord, I pray that the spirit of love will baptize them afresh and anew in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, that every single one of them will know right there where they are, that they are immersed in a love that can separate them from nothing. I pray lastly, Father, that they will know that they are deeply, deeply loved, that they are highly favored, and that they are abundantly blessed. There we are. I just want to give you one last word that as I feel such a prompting. The Spirit of the Lord upon you is the difference. And as you go into this week, may you not just have an ordinary week, May you have a week of restoration. May you have a week of power. And may you have a week where you will experience the deep, scandalous love of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, that's my prayer. Again, I say, we have nothing to fear, but everything to recover as restoration is our portion. In Jesus' name, we pray. And there we are. Won't you just take a moment and give Jesus Christ some praise and some glory and let your neighbors know it. Let everybody know that you belong to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.